AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. It is what it is, man. BJ Scream. If you don't be on nothing, I'll be on. BB Jade. Okay, so let me ask y'all this then. Bring you Big, big, big Facts. Visit the new website today, bigfactspod.com. Coming to you live from the Blue Room, you know what it is. DJ Scream, Big Bang, Baby Jade. It's time for Big Facts. We got a special guest in the building today by the name of 19 Keys. Give it up for 19 Keys on Big Facts. 
They've been at us about you, my brother. They've been at us about this high-level conversation. So yes, we're looking sir. forward today to, to the situation. Uh, how everything good? Everything good with you? Man, everything a blessing, man. It's good to be here on the Streets' Favorite Podcast, man. There you go. Nah, there, you go. Shit. there you go. <laughs> so so we got to start off like the, the, the biggest question on Twitter, all social media, is what does your name mean? What does 19 Keys mean? 19 Keys got many different deep references to it, but I first um, was inspired to go by 19 Keys after hearing a quote from Master Fawad Muhammad. And uh, Master Fawad Muhammad is the one who taught Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad, of course, taught uh, Malcolm X and Minister Farrakhan and so many others. But the quote was in the 30s, and he said that there's 17 million original people and there are 2 million Indians, original people representing black people in America. Of course, the Indians represent Native Americans. But he said that that 2 million people represent 19 million rusty locks putting them together, 17 plus 2. And he said that there's 19 million well-oiled keys to unlocking those rusty lock mines. Now, for me, that interpretation of well-oiled keys is a representation of knowledge itself, enlightenment, right, and many different methods so that the people can never be oppressed again. But that number 19 is just not a finite number because now we're 45 million plus and throughout the world. But it's a representation of that masculine, that feminine, that conscious and that subconscious. Everything exists between that 1 through 9 spectrum. Mm -hmm. Those are the only numbers. Right. So for me, it's all about giving the type of knowledge, information and truth to unlock that rusty lock mind that we all have. That part mm. of that potential that most people can't reach. <laughs> but if they had that knowledge, then they would. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to somebody um, starting off in a journey of higher consciousness that might just be at the level of they don't understand nothing you just said? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Good. Like, what's the beginning point of you, in, in your opinion, of reaching the higher level of consciousness? Man, studying knowledge yourself. You know, I think that uh, first book, any book, you know, or any black man in America or woman or anybody should read Message to the Black Man. I think that's a starter guide to consciousness. You understand me? And I think once you get that, you got a, you know, uh, a foundation to build off of. Because when I was taught at an early age, when I was young, that I'm a god, right? I was taught who the black man is, who the white man is, what the world is. So, therefore, I'm never shocked by, you know, uh, um, events that happen in the world. Because I was already taught the type of world that I was living in. But for me, knowledge yourself is that study of who you are. Most people can't answer that question, who you are. You ask a person how you doing, they're going to be like, good. You ask a person who you are, they get stopped for a second. Some people even get offended by the question, <laughs> right, because they're ignorant on themselves. So for me, it's about literally studying yourself, mm -hmm. right, understanding how you was programmed, the type of language you speak, the uh, where you grew up from. Like, nothing about who you are now, you understand me, is accident. It's all from your programming from a child, your indoctrination, the things that you was taught about the world, politics, education, and gender, everything right now, right? So it's about gaining knowledge yourself and starting from that reference point. So let me ask you this. Would a person, I guess, who has moved past that oblivious state of their self-conscience uh -huh. technically be considered a paradigm shifter? Well, a person, well, a paradigm is, you know, can be conceived in many different ways, like... Um, your habits is your paradigm. Mm -hmm. If a person is stuck making $15,000 a year, $30,000 a year, it's because their habits add up. Every single thing that they do in their life adds up to fifteen dollars or $30,000. Mm -hmm. So you have to do something to shift that, mm -hmm. right? A person that's right. in bad relationships, they're in a bad relationship paradigm. We're in a certain kind of economic paradigm. A paradigm shift is one who really, you know, throws the rules to the side and decides to right, add something right. new to the world, right? So, yes, you're shifting your paradigm when you're adding new value new knowledge to yourself. So you mm -hmm. start executing, moving, speaking, and doing things in a different way. Now you're entering into a new paradigm. Right. 
So what's the what's the first step of knowing who you is like? What you think the first step is? Um, it, it's many different steps, but like I said, knowledge itself really encompasses the whole idea of it, right? If you got somebody that's in the streets, you understand me, and they want to figure out like, yo, you know, how do I take a look at myself and start evolving past where I'm at? Right, I always look at the ease that can grow a person. You got your environment, number one, right? Because your environment is connected to your nature, but it can override your nature. You understand me? So if you're influenced by people that speak a certain language, that do certain things, then you automatically most likely go assimilate to the same right, way. Right. You start acting like the people that you're around. Right. Mm -hmm. So you got to audit your environment, right? Do you yes. want to become yes. your environment or do you want to yes. stay in the same environment? If you're happy with the level of success that everybody in your environment has, you can look at that as your ceiling, right? That's essentially your dream, Damn. right? Mm. Same thing. Then you got the next emotional intelligence. Most people don't have enough emotional intelligence to understand their own thinking and feeling process, right? So you got men and women who jealous and envy of each other because they don't understand where those emotions arrive from. I always break down jealousy. It's like when you see somebody have something and you want it, you don't want them to have it. And envy is just when you see somebody and they have something you want and you don't particularly don't want them to have it, but you want it too. So you're envious of them at all times. Mm -hmm. And so most people don't have enough emotional intelligence to check themselves. Mm. You understand me? And so this generation, I feel like, is operating more off emotion than feelings and, I mean, than logic and rationality, right? So then you got education. You can't right. do nothing with the people without them having some knowledge, right? Like, what skill sets do you have that can pay you? What skill sets that you have that can allow you to be independent? What skill sets you have that allow you to build a life that you want? You understand me? So your education levels automatically matter, but... We live in environments where the education levels are low, so the people in those environments only make a certain amount of money, right. never able to rise out their conditions and things of that nature, right? So looking at just emotional intelligence, your environment, your um, education levels, right? And then for me, it's about experience and execution, right? Your experience dictate how you view and see the world, Man. right? Mm -hmm. Like most people never leave the hood, so their mentality is completely based in the hood. Yeah, exactly. Right? Even when they get on social media, they looking at the hood on social mm -hmm. media. People from that environment that's like them. So they curate that same sort of thinking so they never go outside their box. Yeah. Right? Because they really not trying to change because we was taught that change is not good. Right? When change can just represent growth. That's all that really means. But human beings fight to stay the same person. Right? Even if it's not yeah. a good person. Right. So, you know, understanding your experiences and, and putting yourself into new experiences forces your mind to change and think, feel, see and perceive the world in different ways. And then execution. Do you actually take action off the things that you learn and know? Right. Because you can yeah. this generation, we informed about a lot, but we're not knowledgeable or we're not educated on most things. Right. You just got information on it. That's facts. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Information is getting facts. A person can get big facts, but they might not operate. A part. You can teach a person how to build a whole business and they just sit there and be like, thank you. Bro. I appreciate that. But they take it as entertainment. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Instead mm -hmm. of like instructions to execute off of. Mm -hmm. So yeah. me, I, I like to create these systems of analogies because I feel like it's easier for people to remember and they can literally go and grade themselves from a one to 10. What's my environment like? What are my experiences like? Uh, what's my level of execution? What's my emotional intelligence, right? And what's my education levels? Hmm. Mm. So what, what, what are some of the things you think of um, you think a lot of the things that people consume, whether it's what they watch, what they hear, what they eat, uh, affects like the energy level that they're on? A hundred percent. Right. Like 
I if, if I meet somebody who's you know, on a biological level, your body, your physical feet, you understand me? You eating good, right? You working out, um, you taking care of yourself. So your gut health, heart health, mind, brain, all of that. Because most mental health is brain issues, right? Brain mm -hmm. health. Mm -hmm. Most people never put anything in their brain that actually like positively charges them. Mm -hmm. So you may want to have a positive day, but you got a negative body. You understand me? Because of the things that you eat, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then yeah. you can look at it from a spiritual level, right? Like is what you're doing aligned with who you are, right? Your value. So most people, you can make money, but you may be doing something that don't spiritually fulfill you at all, so you become depressed mm -hmm. because Facts. you unaligned with yourself. Facts. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Then you have um, sociological level, which is environment again. The people you around. Like, oftentimes when you start making changes, it's the people that are around you that start to make you feel like, perhaps I shouldn't be doing this because right, right. they're not changing too. Right. But then you realize that you don't make change for others, you make change for self. Right? So, because they're not changing, that, that's not a bad thing per se because each person has to go at their speed. Right. Like, you can motivate a person with words, but you inspire a person with actions. Mm -hmm. Right? Even when you speak, and I, if I tell you about a story that sounds good... That's motivation. I'm trying to give you a motive to do something. Mm -hmm. But if I'm telling you about what I did or if I'm leading by an example, that's inspirational. Mm -hmm. You understand yeah. me? Then I'm telling you how I did it. That's educational. Mm -hmm. You understand me? So now you have an actual foundation to go build off of. And most people, they do more motivation than inspiration and education. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you grade yourself from a, uh, a course, then the last one, of course, is psychological, your mental levels. What do you know? Right? People who actually learn are happier. They live longer. Right. This is mm -hmm. scientifically proven. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's like if you're not constantly learning, you're not constantly growing. So you're not even going to be happy at your own life. Right. Everything is the same. You ever meet somebody asking what you doing, man? Same shit, man. You know, I ain't nothing new. You know what I'm saying? Well, you come back five years later, man. You know I'm on the same thing, man. But they say it kind of proudly yeah. and laugh about yeah. it. Like, but that's not good. Like, Facts. life, like my pops told me, you know, time is the measurement of motion. You run out of moves, you run out of time, and only dead men don't move. Mm -hmm. So you got to find something to do every day. Like, to me, work is a prayer. You can ask for it or you can do something for it. Mm. How so, did you tap in? Like, what made you tap into this? Man, I didn't have an interest in life. You know, I grew up, and I was born in St. Louis, moved to Oakland when I was two, right? So I grew up with a black Muslim background, a black Muslim family household. But my father and my older brother was more street Muslims, if you will. Right, because in Oakland, California, it was just a different dynamic. You understand me? The Muslims out there sort of moved like a mafia, mm -hmm. right? They ran and controlled their blocks and hood that they had in that parameter because they were very militant. You understand me? So I grew up seeing black men with power, with structure, mm -hmm. with their own school systems, things of that nature. So as a youngin', this was already programmed into me from based on what I seen. Right. Then, you know, as you get older, teenage years, you in your rebellious years, we in the streets. I didn't caught many of cases. You know, last one when I was 19 years old, my father and my brother co-defendant, some assault type situation. Somebody snitched on me, said I did something I didn't do, clearly, because I'm not guilty. But um, that's <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> how justice works, you know what I'm talking about? But um, I, I remember I was locked up, and I was reading this book. It was a storybook, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Fictional. And I read it. It was about like a bank robbery or something. And it kept me entertained for the time that I was in there. But when I closed that book, I look around. I'm still locked up. And I'm in no better position mentally, financially to get myself, you know, any closer to my freedom. Right. So my older brother, who was behind the bars fighting his case, 
when I ended up getting extradited to um, Oakland, because I was traveling at the time, um, he gave me a list of books to read. You understand mm -hmm. me? These books were stuff that can actually, you know, help me be strategic in my case. Like, right. help me think during this situation. Because we used to go through the whole process with the lawyers, picking a juror. You know, uh, I remember my lawyer, he was just, you know, big, fumbling. He reminded me of the Flintstones guy. You understand me? That was the main <laughs> character. And I remember even at the Be My Case, he was like, man, this is the first case I won. <laughs> I don't know if he was joking or if he was serious to this day. You understand me? But he acted like it during the whole case. Because I remember reading certain things and like asking him to foul certain motions. And he was like, I don't know about this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And he would do it, and it actually helped the case. Yeah. Right? So... When it got to that point... So you didn't really have a lawyer then? No, I didn't really have a lawyer. Like, <laughs> I was never going to put my, my freedom in his hands anyway. Yeah. You understand me? Like, I always be thinking, what would God do? You understand me? And I'm not, he not going to let like somebody else's knowledge or experience dictate what happens to them next in life. Right. Right? So I, when I read that, those books that actually helped me engage my reality better and strategize and execute, after that case of getting that non-guilty verdict, you know, I, I, I never wanted to learn, read, or do things that had nothing to do with my freedom or progress, mm -hmm. right? And then I thought about, you know, the 80% of young men that just plead out guilty or have a lack of finances, right, that end up getting in trouble in those situations and have to do time because of, you know, lack of support, lack of finances, lack of education, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, growing up in St. Louis and Oakland, you see it all day, all the time. Like, right. if I go back to St. Louis now, probably 95% of the people I grew up with dead or in jail, you understand me, or on drugs somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's like when I think about that, you know, I always wanted to be that key in somebody's life because at that time, my older brother was that key in my life. You understand me? He gave me that game and that knowledge. And everybody don't have somebody that gives them that, that unlocks them at that point in time. But right. I didn't had so many different experiences in life. It was never just like one thing that made me who I am. It's like this cultivation of things. So I empathize with people going on a journey because I, I can't just point you to a book. Thanks. You understand me? It's like it's life experience you have to go through, but you got to have you know, foundation that can, you know, uh, point you back into the right direction, even when you veer off to the wrong. Hmm. What's the main obstacle, though, that you go through to this day? Um, I think it's dealing with family. You know, right? like, I hire my family. And, you know, there's, it's, it's always family in trouble. Family needs something, right? Um, I got seven brothers, two sisters. So... Statistically, when you got a big family, something negative gonna happen. Right. Right. So I think about that a lot, but at the same time, I can't feel my own success until my brothers and my sisters are successful. Right. And I think, you know, I always talk about doing family business and I hired all my family. Right. They work with me or for me. Right. And that was important because I didn't want to talk about things that I wasn't doing. Right. But that's probably the biggest obstacle is just dealing like, most of, I can deal with my own issues. Like, that's that's light work to me. But making sure the family is straight, that's a different kind of responsibility. Mm -hmm. Because whatever you think you have, let's say your net worth, it, it's your assets minus your liabilities. So, like, the money you got coming in minus the debt, right, minus assets that you own, like things that actually worth something that make mm -hmm. money. So, you could be making $100,000 a year, but if you got to give 
20 to 30 to 40 percent of that to family to help them up then that's not your real net worth you got to decrease it by the liabilities that's in your family by that percentage right yeah so like educating them is key and educating the people around me so that everybody on the same level is key because i like leaders around me i like bosses around me i like gods around me i don't like followers i don't like people that don't know how to think for self right, right? so most of my worries is about other people none of them is about myself so let me ask you this, just going back to when you were talking about knowledge of self and like kind of knowing who you are. Mm -hmm. I was I saw somewhere um, where you were having a conversation and you were basically saying that when somebody asks who you are, mm -hmm. you don't really have an answer for them right. because you're like forever evolving. Mm -hmm. So what exactly does that mean and how can somebody kind of take that and apply it to their daily life without being offensive? Right. You know, I, I I heard Tupac say this before. He said, I got thug life tatted on my chest, but he said, that's like high school. Right. right. Like, even when you leave high school, you still keep your high school diploma. It ain't gone, but you graduate. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like every level of life, you should be thinking, what's my graduation point? Yeah. Right. Like, it's not that I'm, I'm uh, you know, uh, uh, um, disrespecting where I came from, but I'm thinking ahead where I'm going. Right. And most people don't have a vision. So they don't have nowhere that they see themselves in the future. The foresight. Right. So for me, it's about evolution. Like people ask me, where you going to be in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, right? You know, it's your plans and it's God plans. I just try to line mine up with God as much as possible. But I'm always thinking, what's my next vision? Because as soon as I'm doing something else, I'm not about to be relishing on the past. I, I can't relive the past besides nowhere in my memories, mm -hmm. right? So instead, what am I doing next? Like, I got to constantly feed my vision mm -hmm. and my imagination with an idea. And I can't do nothing without a vision. Like, if we want to collaborate and do something, you got to give me time to see it. I got to see it fully, and then that's going to activate me to where I'm up and I'm ready to go at it. Mm -hmm. But until I get that vision, I can't make a move. So it's like your vision could be long-term, what I'm doing for the next two years. Or it can be what I'm about to do for the next few months. So I live life in cycles. You understand me? You have up cycles. Then you have cycles where you cool off. You find your average. Then you go back up and you continue to peak. And it's like you got to keep rising and keep rising. Right. So a person that have a vision ain't got no problem with moving forward. It's only when a person ain't got a vision, they don't know where they're going. Facts. Right. Big facts. So you think everybody born to be great? I think everybody born with the potential to be great. You understand me? I think destiny is based on what you think. Right. Like everybody. I don't think all people are equal. I think we are different. I think greatness looks different on everybody else, but we start chasing the way greatness looks like on somebody else, right? Mm. <laughs> so it's like Thanks. a person mm -hmm. may want to speak like me, but you was never born with that gift. You never studied and trained for that gift. Mm. You understand me? So all of a sudden, you want something that ain't even for you, yeah. right? But you may be amazing at being on the camera. You may be amazing mm -hmm. at a writer, mm -hmm. and you could be a genius at this, but instead of focusing on that masterly level gift that you have that I can't even do, right. you focusing on my gift. Facts. Mm -hmm. So it's no, like facts. social media created this reality of just compare and contrast all day long. And you're disrespecting your own gift. You, it hella disrespectful. Mm -hmm. I think everybody a genius to their own degree. Exactly. But it's like, you know, you compare Einstein he he came up with thought experiments about scientific formulas. He didn't write anything down. He didn't do anything actionable that you can see. He sat there and he was just thinking. Mm -hmm. He published that and he let the world right try to dismantle his theories. And then they had to call him a genius because they couldn't. Then you got somebody like, let's say, a Kanye West, who had the ability to get 
you know, put out his music and become one of the greatest artists of all time, become one of the greatest fashion designers of all time, right? And become at, at a certain point in time, you know, the richest black man in America, if you will. How do you compare those two geniuses? Because Kanye West's genius, right, is a whole different kind of level of calculation and execution, right? So that's the dangerous thing when we start comparing our geniuses instead of looking at them like, no, it's your genius is whatever you genuinely bring out yourself. It's individual. You understand me? So it's like there's geniuses in this room, but society don't quantify certain geniuses with the same level of respect that we do everybody else's. Yeah, because they're measuring it against something else. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's that's a completely wrong measuring stick. So like my genius, it's hard to quantify. It's off the scales. They ain't even created skills for this. Mm. So what's your definition of high-level masculinity? High-level masculinity, that's a good question. Let's get into that. Well, we live in a very low-level masculine society, so most people trying to get to base level. They they, they in a negative right now, right? So it's like, for me, high-level masculinity is is based on your values. You understand me? Based on your value, not what you have, right? It's based on who you are. So like, we know certain people that's respectable, that's honorable, right? That have integrity. They got class, right? That that's educated. You understand me? That 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 move in a certain way and degree, right? They got an energy when they walk in a room. They try to raise everybody else's value right. and vibration, right. right? Like when even when they going for things, it's not for themselves. It's for the world, right? That's a high level masculine individual. Big fact. They stand up right. for other people. They may not even stand up for themselves. Mm-hmm. That's high level masculine. Like when there's there's a a, a a woman that's being disregarded or disrespected, that mm-hmm. high level masculine energy steps in front of that or thinks of a way to make sure that that situation doesn't occur again. Fearless, right? Courageous. They know how to operate with autonomy instead of having to be told what to do. That's high level masculine, right? Mm-hmm. Then you got just regular masculinity where, you know, it's the typical traits of just being a man. Right. Right, the way you move, the way you talk, the way you dress, right? The way you appear, the way you act, your character in society, right? But most people at a low level of masculine, instead of them thinking from a logical standpoint, a mathematical thinker, right? Most of them just emotional and they in their feelings and they operate off ego. They operate off jealousy and they operate off envy and you can't trust them, right? And they have no self-respect or no real power. They don't even want to be men. That's the problem with this generation. They only want to be men because they feel like it's too hard to be a man because of the way society portrays men. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you spoke a little bit uh, before about uh, like family structure and everything too. And from your perspective, what's a what's a healthy family structure? Oh man, you know I always talk about you know they say don't do business with family. But that's because we have dysfunctional families. Mm. If we have a functional family, then everybody plays their role. Mm. Right? So a healthy family structure is when everybody has a function and a role that they play. Mm. If you look at every other race, right, whether it's the Jewish people, whether it's the Asian people, whether it's the Mexican people, they have roles within their family. The son acts in this way. The Mm -hmm. daughter acts in this way. And not just in that, in relation to each other. So the son and the father relationship is a certain type of way. The daughter and the father relationship is a certain type of way. The son and mother, like, so they have clear guidelines on how 
each relationship was supposed to be intended and how they with, each other. with each other. Exactly. So it's a certain way they respect the father. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a certain way you respect the mother. It's a certain, you know, uh, uh, um, relationship that the son has within that family household and a certain dynamic that the daughter has. Right. So now you're not guessing on what people supposed to do and you know when somebody out of line. Mm -hmm. So right. the greatest degree of family go always be man, woman, child. You can't get away from that. Everybody got here from there. You understand me? So that's one that everybody on the planet Earth has to respect. But it's also the one that welfare destroyed. So the most dangerous thing is when you see black men and black women, instead of, you know, weaponizing our accomplishments against each other, we find figure out ways to work with each other. You understand me? And build with each other. And so even when we talk about family, it really just goes to the spectrum of how you do proper relationships and the science of relationships. And that's something that most people don't understand. They said it AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. 
We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Speaking of relationships, um, because I've been studying you ever since they told us that we were going to have you or whatever, so I saw where you were saying that basically when it comes to, like, I guess the quote-unquote romantic relationship, the man is expected to be the secret service, Mm. the treasury, and Mm. the holder of the intellect and ideas to a woman that doesn't even want to be a helpmate. So technically, what is a helpmate and how do you, how does the secret service treasury intellect man (laughs) find that particular helpmate that would be perfect for his life. Oh man, that's a good one. When it comes to high level conversation, she just opened up the real high level (laughs) conversation. Now it's a tough question to ask. First I got a, the elephant in the room is that most women idolize 2% of men. Those are the men who make a hundred, $200,000. Right. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is, is that you got to get to a point in society where a woman can love the average man, right? Because the rest of everybody else, that's the 98 to 99 percentile. Right. So when we have a society based on idolizing the 2%, we become disillusioned about what we want and what we can get. About the majority. Yeah. So first of all, you have to think about, I just had an interview with this good sister named Tiffany J and she's a millionaire and we was having a conversation with her and she was explaining how, you know, um, even with her being a millionaire, even if her man didn't have much, she would help him, right? Yeah. Now, I know most women, they think, I'm not helping no niggas no more, right? They, they tired of the potential. But I don't understand that. Like, why is, would you not crazy. help if it's somebody that you love and that isn't a bum and has the potential to be greater and you guys are supposed to be building together? Is it the See? independent independent woman, boss woman yeah, independent type woman of thing that boss. goes on in the culture? That's probably part Look, of it. That's, that's the whole idea of the dependent man and the independent woman are repelling each other. They go in opposite directions. The dependent man can't be depended upon and the independent woman depends on no one, right? Mm. So they have no need for each other, Mm. right? And so that's when we talk about functioning roles again. When a man is in his proper role and a woman is in her role, what does a woman have that a man don't have? She has a womb, right? Mm -hmm. When a woman is given that sperm to that egg, right, it produces something. 
I think nature provides gender roles, not man. We can just study the differences between us, right? So a woman, when that baby comes out, she nurtures that baby, right, with that milk, right? She is the one that holds that baby. She has a connection, right, with human beings that man can never get. We will never go to the point of brink of death to produce life, right, mm -hmm. into reality. So that's a connection from a physiological level that we just will never experience. Or right? understand, possibly. Ever, we can empathize, but we can't never experience, which is a completely different level of wisdom on that. So a woman is always going to have these nurturing qualities biologically that she's set up for, mm -hmm. right? So with that, and you take that, what does that exist and look like in a household, right? For a man, for the most part, especially a man that has something that's on the move, he wants support, right? When he gets home, can she make peace, right? Mm -hmm. I was taught that, you know, a woman provides gentle challenge, Right, because she don't want a man that she's coddling and he's not doing nothing, but she also has to understand the finesse of challenging a man, right, without putting him down. Right. Because a woman's most powerful, you know, element is her words. Facts. Right? Domestic violence on women's side happens with her words. Facts. What men, Facts. for the most part, is physical. Facts. But they actually say with words, it can damage a person long term. Way worse. worse. Way worse. Because you can heal yeah. in the physical, but in that mental, when she tell you you ain't shit, it cut deep. Facts. Right? And you and already feel like ways that. to cut deep. Facts. Yeah. So it's like being a helpmate, but you can't help a man that don't have a vision, right? For sure. If, For sure. If, if he don't have a vision and he don't submit to nothing, then you can't submit to him or you can't help him with nothing. Mm -hmm. So a man without a vision don't need a woman. First, he needs a vision. Then he got to figure out what he submits to. So when he speaks to his woman, he can ask if she submits to that same thing. Mm -hmm. And she's going to submit to that through him. And so she can keep him on track like, bro. You said that so-and-so, but you're not even doing this. Right. Now she can right. check you, right? right? Because the only way she can submit to you is if you actually align with who you say you are. What if she never do submit to you, though? Then you got to find you a new one to submit. Big facts. You understand mm. me? I think you shouldn't force to try to make things work that's unaligned. The moment you find unalignment, for me, unalignment is like, all right, we're going on the same path. Then you get to a point, you start talking about religion, faith, beliefs, vision, how you should move around other genders, how you should go into different spaces and places. And then it's going to get to a point where either we find agreement and cooperation mm -hmm. in this whole thing, or it's going to get to a point where I don't agree with that. Now y'all going in different directions. Mm -hmm. So you have to, like, anytime we sign a contract, it's what? It's terms of agreement. <laughs> so a relationship <laughs> is a business. Business is activity mm -hmm. of life. So as long as we moving in the same activities of life, we, we conduct in the same business. But the moment that my business partner don't agree with my activities, now we got a disagreement, mm -hmm. right? So now we got to create new terms. Sometimes our current terms can be, we got to null and void this contract, right? Because we no longer working together. So a reworking relationship, right? A woman is in her proper function and like a man is doing the details of what he's supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. But understanding if y'all believe in the same God, submit to the same God, understand the vision, that same function, have the same mission, values, and purpose. Those are conversations that's normally not had because the person will look at what you have and ignore all of the things that you not. Right. <laughs> Gosh. High level conversation. Yeah. For sure. Uh, that's real. For sure. Big flex times high levels, man. <laughs> You know what, we kind, of, what kind of shit you go through just just being by being you like from the public, man. I think uh, you know anywhere I go now, it's it's at this point where you know I've been doing this for almost ten years now, so I'm I'm used to being known. But now it's just at this level, and it's a good thing because you know every time I see people, sometimes they have questions all the time. Like I'd be in the airport in the restroom, people want to ask me some high level questions, and that ain't the time. <laughs> 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 like it's just not the time. You yeah. feel me? 
But, you know, I'm always respectful for the love and the energy that I get. But I find myself in this position where there's certain things that I don't like to see in the culture. And I end up being that one that speak on it. Right. So sometimes I have to make these secret enemies because they mad at something I said, but it was truthful. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, as long as it's truth, I don't mind losing a friend over it. Right. <laughs> I don't mind creating a secret enemy. You understand me? And so I think what I deal with behind the scenes is secret enemies that are let me, never let me know. You understand me? And then, but the, with the public, the love and the energy that I get is unparalleled. Right. You understand me? People act like they see Michael Jackson come back sometime, you know, and I appreciate that because I know that the only reason is because you tuned into some knowledge. Yeah. So right. I tell people, like, it's not me. You're tuning into yourself. And you're using me as a conduit for that frequency, mm -hmm. right? So I'm just happy to be that element. But, you know, I, I don't be dealing with too much sucker shit, though, to be honest. I, you know, I keep to my own. You understand me? Like I said, I got a big family. I got solid partners that I've been knowing for a long time. So I like to stay in my environment. Mm -hmm. So I know that one of your... Um one of your other many attributes is that you're also a fashion designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my question to you is, did you have any interest in fashion before you worked for Prada or did your tenure there kind of provide the motivation for your clothing and your headwear line? Now, honestly, it was my older brother. My older brother, real street though, Muslim at the same time. Mm -hmm. But he is an artist. So he got us into art when we was young. Okay. Great artist. And I remember when I seen him design his first shirt and clothing, that inspired me. Okay. You understand me? At an early age. So I remember when we used to wear certain things, cats in the neighborhoods asked us, you know, to make something for their hood, right? Or make some sort of design that they wanted customized. This was years and years ago. And for me, I'm just one of those persons, the moment that I feel like somebody go pay for something, it's valuable, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. you got a skill set that you can go produce at home, something you can do, and the rest of the world see value. If one person find a value, 10 people will. 10 people, 100, 100 people, 1,000. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So... Also, there was just this time and point where I was working with them just doing their marketing. I wasn't designing. I was oh, happy okay. to just help, right? The design came about because I wanted them to design certain things, and he didn't want to design it, right? So I mm -hmm. just designed it myself. That's just the type of person that I am. Yeah. Then I realized, like, i actually good at this, right? <laughs> you feel me? And then when my older brother and his baby moms, they kind of stopped doing it because of their relationship. I picked it up myself. Right, he was locked up at the time, and I'm designing things, and people's paying me to customize stuff. Like I'm, I'm literally in the house painting, hustling, trying to get money on side of my job. But this actually felt good because people liked it. Right. So you know that turned into me like having these shirts that said Assalamualaikum, and that to me was like a protest shirt. It was at the height of like 9/11 when everybody against the Muslims, right? So I went outside with my Assalamualaikum shirt on, right? That's like me talking shit to the world, like what? But when I wear it. It was love, though. Right. Like, people hunking their horns. Why like so long? White people walking up to me, telling me their stories and stuff that I don't want to hear. And, um, but that just let me know, like, that was a that was another level of value that I had. So I started reproducing those in mass. I remember my bro, Mr. Fab, out in Oakland. Shout um, out to Fab. Yeah, shout out yeah. to my bro, man. Brother, I yeah. fuck with Fab. Yeah. He had his shop. And he asked to put something in his shop, and it was this one, it was, I think it was at the Philando Castile, I think that's his name, he got shot 12 times. Yeah, yeah. And he put out 
uh, a music video called 12 Shots, but he was wearing the Asalaamu Alaikum gear. I called it Musa Hill at the time. Mm -hmm. And one of the ox out from Kansas City was like, man, I didn't know you had that, you know, with dope era. He was like, nah, that's key stuff. So, bruh, ended up flying out maybe like a week later. I'm working at Prada at the time, but I'm ready to fire them. You understand? Yeah. <laughs> you <feel me>? <laughs> <laughs> so. Be ready to fire I'm Prada. ready no, to fire Prada. Prada. Yeah. Yeah, you look, yeah look. don't get it fucked up. It's like, a, yeah. a, a, a two-way streak there. People right. don't think about firing their boss. You understand? me to right. become one right so i put them on notice you understand me and then but that day he taught i happened to be off and he like look i want to come buy like a bunch of stuff but he said i only got a little bit here so i grabbed up all of the stuff that i had threw it in the trunk i pulled up on him you know i bought like two thousand dollars worth of stuff and i took that as a mm -hmm. sign like if i was working i wouldn't have the time to actually get the capital to invest in my dream you understand oh. me so this time that i'm spending over here will actually never allow me to be free so I never knew yeah. what my life would be like unless I fired them. So I took that opportunity before I was even ready. I fired them, ended up um, getting me a shop downtown Oakland for, it was supposed to be short term. I ended up having it open for almost two years. Okay. Right? The owner, you know, he he he, he ended the contract, wouldn't allow me to extend it no more, even though we was popping. We was because, it was gen because of gentrification, right? Well, and I think at the time, and you know, he's a good brother. Shout out to Baba. But I think at the time he wanted the shop to be representative of his brand. And I feel like my brand had kind of like took over that energy of that block. Oh, okay. You understand me? So I understand. But at the same time, I was flowing on social media. Clips was going viral every single day. So I'm like, you know what? We just go take this online. Right. right. I didn't have time to continue to like put out my full clothing, right? Because we had stars like Amari Hardwick and Lakeith Stanfield and Tessa Thompson and many different people come in there and buy stuff. So I just focused on the crown. Mm -hmm. So we created Crown Society. I traveled around the world crowning people. You understand me? And that crown is a representation of your higher self. Right, like if you think about bandanas, when I was younger, listening to Joel Santana, you understand Dipset, they used to have all the bandanas on, right? And everybody around the world wearing those, mm -hmm. creasing them up, putting them on a certain way. But that represents the streets, right? Right, I'm like, it ain't nothing that represents the gods. Mm -hmm. So that was the reason when I first did it, I had them printed. They was bandana, this particular style that I created, and I remember people were like, ain't nobody gonna wear that. Lo and behold, man, we just sold tens of thousands. You understand me? So people been locked in because everybody, you need something that represents a new world, a new culture, right. something of a higher self. So we put them crowns on and when people wear it, I just say it just represents who you are. That's all. Okay. How you hook up with the Earn Your Leisure movement and how, how important is it, you know, what they're preaching to black people in financial literacy and everything? Mm. Shout out to my brothers, Earn Your Leisure, man. We didn't did some incredible Troy things. And Rashad, we see you. Good brothers, man. Mm -hmm. sure. They in, um... They in another continent right now doing some some bougie stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, Shout I just got an invitation brothers. from London or something. Like, <laughs> no, but out. we we went to um we went and we sold out um Royal Albert Hall in London. You know, um I was able to headline the show with them, and that was powerful because right before I was going on stage, you know, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he is banned from coming to London. He's been banned Why? since the eighties. Just hate. You understand me? Yeah, they they yeah. said they didn't want him to influence the population over there. Right? Same thing with Tariq Nashidi's band from London. So they literally put a band on him because they just felt like his voice was just too powerful. It's only like 1.5 million black people in London. So you could imagine with a person that has the power to bring 2 million black people together mm -hmm. in America, I'm sure he could unite all of the black Every people. Every single last one of exactly. them over there. Yeah. So they felt like, yo, if you're not a person that's going to bow down to the crown, they don't want you around. Right. So he actually, the minister actually out there, he sued them and won, though. 
right? So they mm-hmm. were supposed to let him through, but they didn't honor it still. But anyway, before I was going up, the minister was telling me, he was like, you know, the minister had Royal Albert Hall booked, right, when he was on his way coming out here. Mm-hmm. So it felt like we was doing something bigger than ourselves, right? So we came out to Jay Electronica and the minister, and it's a, it's a 3,000 plus people, and it's one of the most prestigious halls in the world. And this is not something that's for entertainment, but people like literally came out and they showed up to be educated and leave. Mm-hmm. Right. So we really created a model that can like replace concerts. Mm-hmm. You turn up a bit. Shout out to Wall Street Trapper. Tabidi was there. Yeah, my yeah. Uh, uh, Ian Dunlap. Um, man, I hate when I start naming because I'm going to forget people yeah. and stuff. You know, so. don't mean it, y'all. But y'all, you know, everybody else on the fly. Yeah, all y'all. I love y'all. All the financial literacy. Yeah, all the financial revolutionaries, man. But anyway, to that point, though, like, the media, I don't feel like covered how important that moment was because we like right. really shifting paradigms when we do stuff like this. This is unheard of. The owner of it was like, he ain't never seen nothing like this before. Mm-hmm. People literally came to learn about entrepreneur business, uh, real estate, stocks, right? Real fast. And then they went home and they went to sleep and they chilled. And that replaced them going out to the club or going to a concert that day. We right. did the same thing in Atlanta, 12,000 plus people. You understand me out here? And um, these models of what we doing is, you know, most of the time we think about saving ourselves as, as politics, mm-hmm. right? Or it's a job, right? But we teaching do for self, right? We teach how to create your own business. We teaching skill sets for your assets, right. right? Like they tell you to go to college, get a degree, get in debt and hope that you can pay it off. That's a scam, right? That benefits somebody else's community more because we paid out all of that money when we really could have just learned how to manage that money. Right. And we could have got paid way more than the degree ever has. Mm-hmm. So I feel like what we doing, and you know, some of my activists and po- uh, political people that follow me, they don't like when I say this, but I know what we doing is the most important. We done put all the mainstream media, they put, you know, a, a billion plus dollars each year, right, trying to get people elected. Mm-hmm. That same money can just go towards education. That same money can go directly towards the people that actually need it and putting together programs that educate people on financial literacy, Mm -hmm. right? Because financial insecurity is when you don't have access to somebody who has a financial education in your environment. Mm -hmm. So therefore, everybody making the same mistakes and nobody can help each other, right? And for the most part, you're probably going to be giving each other bad advice. It's a never-ending cycle. Yeah. And that's the same thing that happened with food deserts. When you got a food insecurity, it's when you don't have access to nutrient-available food. So we got financial insecurities and nobody can teach you about stocks. Nobody can teach you about real estate. Nobody can teach you about land. Nobody can teach you about blockchain or crypto or how to utilize artificial intelligence in your business. You know, how to create your own book and become an author. There's nobody in these environments, but that's a damn shame. And so I don't need to vote a politician in so that he can create a program to do this. This generation is independent thinkers that just do it. Yeah. Like, right. well, like yeah. if we can get... All of the celebrities, athletes, media people to push out a politician so they can possibly get into office so that they can possibly do something. Or we can go to the young men and women that's already doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Elevate the platform that's already got organic reach mm-hmm. and then watch that hit the masses. Mm-hmm. So we challenge media to make sure like what y'all doing here is is is, is give a voice right to those who doing the work. And so voting has its place, but after we put somebody in place, meaning that lobbying is number one key when it comes to voting, right? Mm -hmm. You have these, you know, uh, uh, um, these super PACs, these political, you know, um, um, uh, action committees that pour all of the money. Right. When you talk about billions of dollars going to political campaigns, these are corporations. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So they saying that they calling these people and saying, do you need money? 
Well, if you need money, I need you to do this. The black community do the same thing with reparations. I'm talking to Rashad about this. If every congressman, right, that's in office decide to hold their vote until reparations is on the, the, the agenda, then we can get that done overnight. Yeah. But what we waiting for? So either we got the wrong people in office or the people don't care. Mm -hmm. Right. So look at things that are going on with Joe Biden. We put him in office, but Sleepy Joe ain't did nothing. You understand me? He so-called was going to push out the thing about school debt. But then that got knocked off. I don't even think he know he president. Right. But we voted for him. <laughs> well, not we, but, you know, he did. I'm just saying here we, we got to go. have practical <laughs> solutions to our problems. You know, I, I got up with my brothers from Oasis and they're doing a, a, a real estate fund. They currently have the only active you know, um, regulated real estate fund is SEC approved, which means that they can take money from unaccredited investors for real estate projects. And so we went out of New York to Brownsville. Mm -hmm. We went to Mount Vernon. We was up there with Justin Combs and uh, Groovy Lou. And, you Shout know, out to Lou, man. That's my yeah, dog. Good peoples. They were showing us their neighborhoods, my brother Amir and Fahim. And, you know, just going through and seeing, like, it's different on a high level. But when you go through the neighborhoods and see what needs to change, in order for this environment to get better, it's tough. And right. it's like they got programs out there that will literally educate, you know, the environment uh, and the people that's in it. But ain't nobody giving no money to it. So right. you go give them money to a politician before you give money to somebody that's in grassroots. Mm -hmm. Now this grassroots person got to ask the politician instead of the people giving directly to the grassroots. They gather the community and they can decide if they want to give money to somebody that's in the community to become a politician that mm -hmm. represents the agenda for the people. Mm -hmm. Right? Because we tired of politicians lying. Like watering plants. Exactly. So it's like... When you got people that's doing actionable things, that's teaching hundreds of thousands of people financial literacy, that's allowing them to create their own jobs, their own businesses, new skill sets, to be able to buy their house, to get investment portfolios. That, to me, is the root of the problem because poverty, you know, mm -hmm. comes from ignorance. Mm -hmm. So when we don't know nothing. We got to take our options. Right. So now when because you're not educated like everybody else's community, the crime increases, right. prison rate increases, mm -hmm. recidivism rate increases, right? Family dynamics slow down, right? Because now the man can't take care of the household. He's on parole. He got issues. There's mental health issues. So I feel like those who have money have to be financial generals, right? To where you don't always have to be the person that say something, put money behind the people that's doing something. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let me ask you this, going back to the family dynamic that we were talking about earlier, um... I was watching something where you said basically like just because you have kids doesn't make you a parent. You're basically just a manager of someone else's yeah. life. Talk about that. Well, most most parents don't actually they, they watch their children. They don't raise their children. You understand me? They, they're more babysitters. The world raises their children. Right. Between Damn. those pivotal years in life. You know, a child doesn't think for itself. It don't have consciousness yet, right? Yeah. It, it Basically, a child is like in sleep state where they just taking in everything that they're being programmed. Mm -hmm. So you watching your child, then you send them to school. Their experience, that things that they actually go through that makes them think, that shapes who they are, mm -hmm. right? Then you have the teachers who now have agendas that they're saying certain things in the classroom, doing certain things. So the child is thinking about those things. Then they got these little, you know, over-sexualized kids that may be doing some other weird stuff with your kid. Mm. Now, your child may not come back and tell you about it, but that's shaping how they see themselves, how they feel about themselves, and who they think they are, mm -hmm. right? Now, when they start thinking for themselves, they're that person that was programmed. Now, you, between those those times that you get them after school, right, 
maybe on the weekend, right? Or maybe, you know, from, you know, late afternoon when they get out to the evening, you got to prepare food. You got to go to work. Like, you only have a few hours with your child, right? Yeah. So you are talking to them about the way that the world is raising them. So, but a parent's job, right, should be to raise the highest level of child that they can. But the best way to do that is to teach them about the world and teach them about themselves, Right. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise we pawn it off to everybody else to teach their child correctly. Right. And this world was not built to raise geniuses. Right. Otherwise, you would start defying the system. When you start getting so-called free thinkers and people that think for self, they start asking why. Why do I got to yeah, go exactly. to this job? Why do I got to do this? Why I got to do that? And government is to govern mind and mental. It's about compliance. Right. We need to raise people just so that they can work for us. That's it. There's no other reason for this school is to raise people to become smart enough to work for us, but not, not smart too enough smart. to challenge. Right, exactly. So that's why people who often don't have traditional educations, they think different and they're more ready for the world that is. Because now they got to think for themselves and this become one of the greatest skill sets. I don't need you to tell me how to use my, I don't even call this a phone. This is a computer. Right. The phone mm -hmm. is the least thing that you do with this thing. You don't even like people calling this no more. You understand <laughs> me? But Steve Jobs and them, they created a computer and they gave it to everybody in the world. You understand me? Those who can afford it. So now you can literally go on this computer, create your own media machine. Right. Like money be screaming at us. You have to be you have to ignore money now. Mm -hmm. Cats is like, man, write a book to get some money. You understand me? Do Airbnb to get some money. You understand me? Do social media, get some money, right? Do get on the stocks and get some money. Like it was never like that before ever. We only had a couple of options on how to get money. Now we got to ignore the thousand options. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to be lazy. Being lazy is a skill set now because you got to ignore the money just so that you can be lazy, right? Sit on the couch and watch Netflix and binge all day. For real. <laughs> what you think the, um, the age is, the proper age is to have uncensored conversations with your kids? I think early, man. It's hard to say what the exact age, because all children, people are all different, right? Children develop at different ages. But, you know, I think when you get into around the age of like, even I think from early as like five years old, you start programming them. Because mm -hmm. nowadays, you don't know how early they're going to see and experience things. Exactly. If you put that tablet in front of your kids, you have no control over who they become. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You never know what they, they some can just pop up on them. They got a question, but they don't know if they can go ask you. Yeah. They don't even know what they sing, but the image is in their head. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think like children have a comprehension level very early on, but we treat them like kids for a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it was the minister that said, don't say Google Gaga to your kids. Mm -hmm. Why would you just, it don't even make no sense. You understand? It, so a child looking at you stupid, like, Google Gaga. You understand me? But actually, like, speak words and speak life into your children. And at an early age, you're not just talking to them about, like, yo, this is sex, this is this. But it's like you giving them a foundation of, like, yo, this is what men do with women. This is that kind of energy that you're seeing over here. Like, because you need to give them filters. Raising right. comfort level. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, if they don't feel comfortable talking to you, right, they're going to ignore you. They're going to look it up on Google or they're going to ask a friend. Yeah. So now when you want to have that conversation they uncomfortable having it mm -hmm. with you right because they didn't grow up doing that so their dynamics is not that so you got to catch them at an early age where you make them comfortable with just being open and transparent mm -hmm. but i think also the biggest thing is not being a hypocrite in the household because if they you say one thing and do the next they're not gonna believe you no more right right mm -hmm. and i think that's probably one of the issues we had our parents sometimes is you said don't curse but you cursing right, right. you said don't do this but you doing that so it's like a child learned to just be sneaky and kind of double-minded with what they think. Because they like, 
you can tell a person one thing, but then you can do another thing. So we learned that in the household early on. They said they need answers. About what? Well, I get big fat. Big fat, big fat. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. You know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. 
Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Another thing that I was watching, and you were saying basically where the people that don't want to have kids will probably be way better parents yeah. than the people who had kids by mistake yeah. or who didn't have plan on having kids. What exactly did you mean by that? Well, I was thinking about the idea that if you don't want to have kids, most people like millennials don't have children because they fearful of the world. That is right. They'd be more cautious with it. Right. Right. So they're actually thinking about how this child mind would be shaped in the type of world that we live in. Right. Right. So I feel like growing a child, you're going to be more cautious and implementing things to make sure that that child is reared the right way. Yeah, you understand yeah. me? Because you you assessing the risk of raising a child mm-hmm. versus somebody who just have a child by accident. And sometimes they put that energy on that child, right? And that child is caught up in a dynamic of two parents that never wanted them in the first place, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. when you're thinking about it beforehand, it's like, damn, I'm not ready to have a child. Why? Probably financially. You don't feel like you're in that space. You haven't met that quota mm-hmm. that you want to get to. So at least this is a person that's more cautious and that's thinking about it and that's more intentional about their reality versus somebody, right? And no disrespect because we had a lot of, you know, accidental children in society that did right. some great things. Shout out to the accidents. You understand me? <laughs> <laughs> but See, we you know, all accidents. Ain't, ain't, ain't no such thing as an accident, <laughs> we all, man. We all, we all here for a purpose. You know, none you know, of us were playing. <laughs> Basically, it's kind of like the the quote-unquote accidents were like these parents were presented with a problem without right, a choice. Right, and they okay. were forced to go on it. So, like, I would never want a woman to have a child before she wants to. You understand me? Mm. Because there's going to be a certain level of regret forever. Even if yeah. she might, she, oh, this is still, I love this child, but there's still an energy. I could be doing this instead of raising you, mm-hmm. right? So, like, mm-hmm. a woman that wants to have a child... It's a certain energy that she going to have towards that child because this was intentional. She right. got a vision on, yo, I want to raise them this way. I want to dress them. I want them to go to school like this. I want them to learn this. I want to be like this, right? But without having that intentionality and in what you're doing, right, then that, that child plan. can be raised any kind of way. Yeah. So I think it's just dangerous. You got to plan to have children. And I know a big thing now is like Planned Parenthood, but like Planned Parenthood is literally about aborting children. But planning parenthood is supposed to be about raising children. Mm-hmm. Damn. High level conversation. We love it. 19 Keys. Yes, sir. Let me ask you. So what's the soundtrack to 19 Keys life? Like, what do you listen to? And then are there certain, is there certain music you stay away from because of the level of consciousness, consciousness you achieve? I mean, you know, I'm you like, ever listen to any low level shit? Hell like, yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to. You feel me? <laughs> uh, you know, I grew up in Oakland and St. Louis. So, you know, the environment curate low level. Um, <laughs> I say soundtrack to 19 Keys is like Nipsey Hussle though mm. you understand me like 
Nipsey Hussle music is like it's inspirational music, and like a big factor in my life is like inspiring people, but mm-hmm. getting them active and in the mood, and like being on that marathon of movement. You understand me? So like Nipsey Hussle, but then my brothers make music, so I gotta shout them out, of course. Bashir and Jack Heller, these are my brothers. They think like me, mm-hmm. but my younger brother, he make music that sound more like like a street god. You understand me? Mm-hmm. This shit is like on the verge of a little ignorant, but elevated. Right. And then my other one, his is, he he, he like the spiritual future. You understand me? <laughs> that's, that's how I feel. Yeah, that's, that's how I'm poop. You yeah. feel me? Um, but then, you know, uh, I like a lot of the, some of the new cats like LaRussell, man. He, he be slapping. You mm-hmm. understand me? And I like the business model that he got going on. But you know, I'm, I'm gonna listen to some joints on that new Nas album that just dropped, or yeah. even the Drake and the 21. You understand me? I think right. 21 was wild about the Nas comments, but you know that's hip hop. You feel me? But I listen to what's a vibe. You feel me? Because when I'm working out and I'm on a move, you know I like to get turned up. The only problem is I just don't like when that shit is in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You understand me? Like when you listen to music, you always nod in agreement. That's when you're in relaxation. When you're in mm-hmm. relaxation. Your mind is distracted so that your subconscious mind can be programmed. Right. So a person talking about, man, fuck these niggas, man. Fuck them bitches. Like, you know, slut them out. I kill these niggas. Hunt these niggas down. Like, that shit is in your subconscious. So mm. you may get angry at somebody, and then your subconscious is how you going to treat them based Fact. on the music you yeah. listening to. Yeah. So I think, down. yeah, we got, <laughs> yeah. most of our music Real is centered shit. around death, Real right? Shit. Not yeah. life. Right? So, like, even in the culture, we celebrate death more than life. That's why we don't give people flowers while they're living. Mm. We give them when mm. they're dead. Mm. So, it's like, it's it's fast sex, right? It's fast death, fast lifestyle. How do you speed up this process of dying quicker? Doing drugs? Everything is centered around, like, a very death culture. Do you think that's why we're losing so many like, Absolutely. artists? Yeah. I think, you know, it, it, with the artists, man, it's, 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 it's terrible because it's always before they time. But it's mm-hmm. like... If we understand the power of like what we think is reality. Mm-hmm. So if we always talking about it, we always creating it. Mm-hmm. You know, so when it happens, it shouldn't actually be a surprise. Mm-hmm. Right? So like if somebody's talking about, you know, niggas might catch you slipping and kill you, I might do the same to them, and then it happens to you. But that was something you spoke into existence. Thanks. You understand me? Like if your environment is curated with people who hunt, rob, you understand me? Treat people all kind of different ways. And then you caught up in that environment. Mm-hmm. But most people are just caught up in their own environment. Mm-hmm. Right? You happen to be in a situation with the same type of music that curates that type of situation. Mm-hmm. So if you play a person's music based on the way that they die, they got a soundtrack to it. You understand me? Like, But if you got a soundtrack, you don't see certain rappers, you know, that speak about life like J. Cole and like the Kendricks and things mm-hmm. of that nature. You don't normally hear about them caught up in situations where they die. Mm. You understand me? Their music wouldn't match their reality. But most rappers who die, their music matches the way that they died. Mm. Damn. So how you think we disturb the narrative that these people are making a certain type of music because they only think that's the type of music that will make them money or make them a livelihood? Like, well, I think look at the top. Drake don't make that kind of music. Drake mm-hmm. ain't no killer. Mm. You understand me? Kendrick ain't no killer. Cole ain't no killer. You understand me? So if they at Drake's the top, missing that shit in and out. He, he, he said yeah, a little yeah, bit of that shit. Yeah. In. He, he talk he about the guys around him that you know. He putting that shit in there a little bit. But it's like when you go out to go, do not about to turn on Drake when you you oh, on yeah, the mission. Go slide. You, right. you feel me? You're right. That ain't right. that. You you might go throw on some future. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. It, you might throw on some twenty one. Yeah. Because twenty one sure. was the flip side to it, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's like even that in that reality, right? <laughs> 
when you think about Bless you, you Bless can make you. music that reflects your reality or you can make music that reflects what you want your reality to be, mm. yeah. right? Mm. So it can be aspirational as well. We don't always have to make music. Yo, I so crack to my mama, so I'm going to rap about it. I can rap about the fact that I don't want nobody to sell crack to their mama. Yeah. You understand me? So we glorify the same circumstances we trying to escape. It's the context right? you're putting in. Like, yeah. yeah. It, it matters. Like, your subject matter don't have to change to where you're talking about something that you're not living, but you are trying to get out of it. Yeah. Like, that's why you're making music actively. So yeah. talk about that energy. Talk about, I made a lot of dumb decisions when I was young. That's why I got locked up. That's why I did dumb stuff. Mm -hmm. But we glorify instead of letting these know, like, my intelligence level was so low. Yeah. Even though I knew it was wrong, I still did it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. But so we glorifying people for making mistakes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you get locked up, that's a mistake every time. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But we still glorify them in stripes. So I feel like hip-hop, unfortunately, it's not ran by us. We don't run nor control hip-hop. So we can't even dictate who gets the type of contracts, right? Radio, if they play, if they play my brothers or the Russell right now every single day, it becomes a new sound. Mm -hmm. And they not talking about killing, robbing, murdering. Right. So now other cats can talk about those things too, and they can get spins as well. And so, be successful. A hundred percent. Then you got, of course, YouTube, which is independent music though. So a person just put out, but then even those sounds is based on what's being curated. You got NBA Young Boy, my nephew love him. You understand me? So he's independent and he, he curates a sound. But he ain't doing that. Exactly. <laughs> he ain't doing that. Ain't <laughs> he ain't nothing but wild, crazy, yeah, young niggas. Yeah, yeah all action tripping. Shit, yeah. Honey, I, man, that's it's like that's the like version of like like rock music. Like rock music is just just chaotic. Yeah, yeah. that type of music is that version of rock music yeah, for this for sure. generation, for sure. like yeah. punk rock and shit like that. So unfortunately, I think that it's going to be a generation. Well, fortunately, rather, that changes that, right? Like, we've seen us go through the mumble rap phase. That's not even there. Them rap is actually phasing out a lot, but we're not noticing that change that society kind of went back a little bit. Say something just a little bit, at least. You know what I'm saying? So I can mm -hmm. catch that vibe, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But it has to be intentionally done by those at the top. And or I seen Meek Mills talking about he going to drop an album where he not going to drop it on no mainstream platform, uh, yeah, so it's exactly. not based on the numbers. Flamer mm -hmm. 5. The numbers mm -hmm. skew reality. Mm -hmm. It's what people like, right? And then what people judge based on Billboard and the numbers. Them numbers don't matter to good music, mm -hmm. right? Because right. cool. you can push out a program to force people to listen to something, ask every DJ in the nation, be on them, give them money, however it works. That's just money that pushes a sound. Mm -hmm. It's not what the people want. It's what's pushed on the people because there's yeah. a machine behind yeah. it. Mm -hmm. So reality is skewed between what people actually like and what's forced on them from mainstream industries. Facts. Mm. So the idea now is, I tell rappers, yo, it'd be better for you to have a Discord channel than to have a, a, a record label contract. You got a Discord channel. You got a thousand core fans. If you can get a thousand core fans, because who's one of your favorite artists? Mm. Keep it real, Jade. <laughs> I mean, I like my friends. Uh -huh. Like 21, Baby, 21. Pluto, All right. you know. How much money have you gave 21 for his music? I buy everything that he sells. So how much you think that, that was about? Mm, from music to merch to like all the rest of his shit, probably several thousands of dollars. Several thousands. She a good fan. Uh, in yourself, who about I ain't spending no dough on none of my things. I'm gonna keep it real. Zero <laughs> you know dough. Right? Zero dough. I buy Apple Music and listen to it for free. 
That's the average fan, right? Yeah. yeah. This is this a core core fan, right? right? Yeah. If a nigga get some merch, you got some merch. <laughs> send me something, bro. Ain't gonna send you no dope. Average person, based on streaming, probably doing five to thirteen dollars, right? <laughs> From like who they yeah. love, though, mm -hmm. right? Like. You love Michael Jackson. The amount of time you streamed and listened to him, you probably still gave his estate twenty or thirty dollars over a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> the idea ain't to get a million streams. Yeah. The idea, if I average rapper based on Google Analytics, which I think is way lower, they said seventy thousand. Reality, you know, because there's a lot of rappers, so we talking average probably getting five to ten thousand dollars. But if you can get a thousand core fans to pay you a hundred dollars, that's a six figure career. Mm. Yeah. People want to make a career out of their music. Yeah. That's what Nipsey was on. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Get you a Discord. Drop you music every year to where you create a subscription base. It's $100 per year. Right. You understand me? Something around less than $10 a month. You understand me? And they get your music. Now you're getting $100,000 from that core fan base. Right? Get you 1,000 fans or, or 100 fans. And if you got a solid base and you already got a platform, get 100 fans to pay you $1,000 and you don't get music to nobody else. So now you guarantee six-figure releases when you drop. All right. Right? This is the idea kind of constructed around Web3. It's not being the product, but like leveraging your intellectual property. And that's what music is. It's content. But we've learned now to everything that we do, we give to social media companies. We give to record label companies. <laughs> and we let them manage it, get all the money. And then we get paid on the back end. Right. So you do a concert, but you're not getting paid from your albums. Right. You understand me? Mm -hmm. Instead, go direct to customer. The average fan would love to say, you know what? I didn't think of it like that. I'm not actually supporting this artist that gets me through the bad times. Mm -hmm. Right. They even we celebrate to them. We love them when they die. We cherish them. But I probably I didn't gave Starbucks more money than my favorite artists. Facts. Mm -hmm. You understand me? So yeah. for me. You know, creating a merch is smart, right? And but creating a community around your music, so even them fans are connecting and communicating mm -hmm. with each other. Yeah. So do a release in a Discord. Don't put it on the platform so they can get paid. Do it so you can get direct, you know, uh, um, sales. Kanye mm -hmm. West put out that stem player. He got direct sales. He didn't care about what the Billboard charts was. Right. That shit can be manipulated. We know it. But what the fan loves can't be manipulated. You understand me? Not if they consuming that. So you have to focus on new business models on how you gonna leverage your content and your music so you can actually make a viable career out of it instead of trying to make it look like you got money and success. How do how do people uh determine between the fake woke smart niggas and the real smart niggas? How do you talk about that? Um, you know, you can't fake being smart because you have to do intelligent things. You understand me? Like a smart person can <laughs> can play dumb, but yeah. a dumb person can't play smart. Okay. You understand me? Because it's gonna be revealed each and every time. So it's like for me, it's all about actions, though. Yeah. If you're not actually doing nothing, because it's indirect leadership and direct leadership, and it goes to indirect manipulation and direct manipulation. Manipulation is trying to get a person to do things, finding mm -hmm. a clever way to do it. All right. So if you're a leader, and you have indirect manipulation. Right, you're trying to figure out a way to incentivize a person to follow what you do, mm -hmm. not directly. Like you know, if you follow what I do, you know, it's like an artist that's saying, if you listen to my music, then you get a hundred dollars. Right, it's, it's indirect, or like there's going to be mm -hmm. some sort of reward connected to mm -hmm. it. You know, but direct leadership is walking by example. You ain't got to follow me, but if I do it and you see me do it, Facts. now you can follow Facts. me. Facts. Right? But Facts. person is trying to make this shit Facts. sound good. Facts. So this the reason you follow me because I made it sound right. good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, like, look, what am I doing? What's my resume yeah. in life? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Because I'm consciousness is just being aware of something. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right? Like the word woke is is now like people use that in all kind of ways now. But do you see a lot of fake ass woke niggas though? Oh, for surely. Yeah, it's like a fake street nigga. Same thing as somebody that's fake woke. Yeah. It's like they know it sound good. Yeah. Rappers do it all the time. Yeah. You understand? I mean, they have moments where I'm about to put this out because everybody black right now. Yeah. The biggest fake woke month. Black history. February. <laughs> everybody, listen, man. It's real. Ain't no better real shit. Everybody real get shit. to be black. That's now real you can show up crazy. to your That's job place. 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 I'm black. Yeah, the truth. You know, all of a sudden, I mean, I, 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 you LeBron James with the Malcolm X autobiography book in your hand. You yeah, understand man. me? Well, he on the first page. Shout out to LeBron. Yeah. He done posted some stuff. He was tripping earlier with Kyrie. But it's a lot of fake wokeness, man, because most people... Awareness is tied to their check. Their integrity is. Yeah. So they won't. They agree with me, but I can't say it because my white boss over there, bro. I can't say mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Or you just don't actually put no study behind those things, right? Like most politicians are fake woke. Probably ninety nine percent of them, right? Most entertainers are dumb. Like not even just not woke. They just not smart. Right. They don't. They have same thing with athletes. You have somebody managing your whole life for you. Mm -hmm. Your money, your finances, even before people get to you, there's somebody that checks them first. Mm -hmm. So there are certain people you would just never have a conversation with because you got somebody that filter your whole life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you're not yeah. even aware shit. of real, real reality. Shit. Real shit. You understand yeah. me? That, that you ask somebody, can I post this? You got to handle it. Awareness is like being aware of reality and what's going on, but first with yourself, mm -hmm. right? And if you understand yourself, you can understand the world because everything you deal with the world is how you deal with yourself. How you see yourself is how you see the world, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, fake wokeness, I think, is something that's going to continue to spread, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a plague. Like, yeah. Now what they call woke is crazy. I don't really know what woke mean no yeah, more. Me now woke is kind of the opposite of woke, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Like yeah. they put their agendas in it and then you got what they call the Republicans or something to say that's fake woke and I'm like no when I grew up like woke was like a person that like understood like the government ain't for us mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying woke right. was understanding the agendas of crack in our communities like mm -hmm. you know what's going on in the world but now it's like this politicized thing to say you woke or a woman when she see a black man that's too intelligent or like stand on his shit he gonna call him hotep so it's, it's what? What? hotep hotep what they mean? It really means to be at peace. Yeah. Right. Right? But it's been weaponized. We find everything that's good and we turn it backwards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You understand yeah. me? Yeah. Like early we somebody that's smart, you understand me? We we treat it like it's wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, this yeah. nigga trying to yeah. spit yeah. facts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The nerd, the nerd right. get bullied in school. Exactly. Yeah. But the, the that's the unfortunate <laughs> reality. So now it's about like how do we make actually being intelligent a good thing and a cool thing? Because we know the person that run the streets ain't just the person that's killing everybody. It's the smartest person that can run everybody else. Yeah, They can manipulate the crowd. You understand yeah. me? They know personality types, how everybody going to move, what they going to function off of. They can actually create a plan and then everybody can move around it. Right? They might have a soldier that got more heart than them, mm -hmm. but the soldier can't think. Mm -hmm. You understand me? So now you a goon. But a goon don't think. He just takes orders without thinking. That's what a goon actually is. Mm -hmm. So what you understand is that we got to get back to this place where people honor Malcolm X. People honor Minister Farrakhan. People honor, you understand me, Huey P. Newton. But these were people based on their intellect. Right. You understand me? Like Huey P. Newton was an intellectual revolutionary. He went to college. He studied the Constitution. Then he spoke facts based on that constitutional law. And then they backed it with programs. 
So every time we look at a black man in history that we love, it's because of their intellect. But mm -hmm. how do you counter that, right? You got to get people to hate intellect, mm -hmm. right? Get, now, when you see somebody that's smart, the community goes against them instead of supporting them. Like, yo, we need you to lead. You intelligent. Mm -hmm. Look at Herschel Walker. He he doesn't have to have any intelligence, man. right? Hold up, man! Don't do that, man. No, no come but, on, bank. Do don't do that, bank. I don't. I don't. I'm not a political person, but I'm yeah. just saying the fact that the way he has to communicate, it doesn't have to. Politicians don't have to be the smartest people. Right. They have to be the most popular and influential. Mm -hmm. So even in politics, it ain't based on intelligence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Otherwise, yeah. we would have engineers and scientists as politicians. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's a popularity. But we got yeah. manipulating, yeah. deceptive people yeah. that can speak well. That's charismatic. It. Mm -hmm. That's different. They can move people. Mm -hmm. So it's like in culture, it ain't we don't care about who the smart. That's not why you get awards. You don't get awards even based on whether you do something good. It's just whether it was influential and popular. That's right. it. Mm. We don't have awards based on good merits at all. Yeah. So that means that Nas can be getting an award and Six Nine could be getting the same award. You understand me? Because it's not based on character, it's not based on morals. <laughs> None of that. So that's our culture at the moment. Facts. It's unfortunate, but we just don't care about morals. Mm. So let me ask you this. Damn. Um, we don't. As far as like, I'm not going to like go too deep into it, but with the Kyrie situation, mm -hmm. how do you feel mm. about the way that his peers of his same kind tried to demonize him in that situation? And then after all of the damage was already done, the owner of the team comes out and says that he actually does not feel that he was anti-Semitic, but all of this shit has already happened and he's already been knocked down, if you right. will. I think all of that was about emasculating Kyrie Irving. I agree. That was the only point of it. Joe Tsai must have had an issue with Kyrie Irving ever since, you know, he didn't take the jab. And I met up with Kyrie at that time, speaking mm -hmm. with him during the height of that controversy. You understand me? Kyrie Irving is a cool dude. He has to be like one of the most humane, level-headed, like spiritual people that's authentic in their right. journey. Like oftentimes you see somebody that presented on TV, you got to wonder like, is that really like that? Mm -hmm. And that's like who he is when nobody's looking. Mm -hmm. You understand me? So when you're on a spiritual journey, you start to uncover knowledge, information, and things that help you on your journey. So you share that information. So it had nothing to do with him anti another people. It had everything to be him all about being pro himself. You right. understand me? And learning himself. And so his colleagues know that, though. They know this about Kyrie Irving. Yeah. LeBron yeah, really. knows this. Shaq knows this. Anybody that had met him, they know the man that made a 360 or 180 in his life, rather. Right. Where, you know, he was the brother that was wilding, and now he's learning himself. But when you do that, you know, you encourage everybody else to do that. You start encouraging people to think for self in a league that's 70 to 80% black, right? But like 90% owned by white men. You understand me? So mm -hmm. you can't be out here encouraging other black men that we want to manage. Yeah, to think yeah. for self. Because you already know if you got people around you, they would have advised you against it. But he like, no, I got to be me, right? Mm -hmm. But the league should be, the league should be curated based on the ethnic background of the players, not the other way around. Because right. they are the dominant. It should not be around the sensitivities of the owners, but the players. Right. Because without the players, there's no league. Right. right? And so the players don't realize they power. And what happens is they get scared of them being next. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So, oh, I got to say something. I might lose. LeBron James, we've seen. And, you know, like I said, LeBron posted some stuff that I didn't put out. 
You know, and, and before this, we felt like LeBron had a nice, perfect record. You know what I'm saying? Good black man, good family, all of these things. And he kind of like exposed himself a little bit because he over-talked and he didn't need to. He could have said, you know, I know LeBron. I know he's not hateful. Hopefully, you know, this situation gets resolved. I think we all are against hate. So hopefully everybody has an understanding so that we know this is not about hate. And I can't wait to see what Kyrie Irving does next so that he yeah. can get back to basketball in the game that he loves. Mm. Press mm. conference over. But instead, you see what I did to Kanye. I, I took his platform off because he was saying hateful stuff. I'm not with hate. He kind of re hurt a lot of people. So it's like, come on, man. You're the most influential man in the NBA. You can't right. do that. You can't speak against your brother like that. Because what happens when it's your turn? Mm -hmm. And they don't like something you said. You're going to want everybody to come to your aid. So right. we've seen a lot of people turn, right? At the minister Farrakhan didn't say something and called him out. The courtier was like, bro, that's some sucker shit. You understand me? And they had to think like, bro, this not good. This not even good for business. You understand me? Not only is I was wrong morally, but it's not good for business. Black people ain't going to support you going against mm -hmm. another black man publicly because mm -hmm. you were like mm -hmm. the black man. Mm -hmm. You understand me? And it wasn't like he made the film. No, he didn't make it because the owner of, or not the owner, but the CEO, Andy Jassy of Amazon is a white Jewish man. So if he puts it on his platform and it gets filtered through their process to see if it has hate and they decide that it can still go up then how is it not me as a black man can't can't uh, uh share a link right of content that you put on a platform where there's a white jewish owner and it's a filtration system for the quote-unquote anti right. or the hate and they said it went through that and it passed so now you're telling me that you have a perspective on what you consider to be hate, even though the platform said it wasn't. But now I'm hateful for sharing something that went through, right, this filter. That makes absolutely no sense. So Double you realize Japanese. it has nothing to do with the document. So when he shared it, what did he say? Nothing. Nothing, just shared a link. It's like a, re a retweet, right? Yeah. So all this shit had because he posted and didn't say he nothing. He reposted something yeah, that he had nothing that. to do with. It's it. true. That's it. Yeah. He just posted and he going through all this shit? He reposted It's like you putting something in your story. And he always posting, like, images of, like, Black things and consciousness mm -hmm. and all the yeah. time. So uh, when I seen it, it was just like a regular right, post. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't really think nothing of it. You understand me? But it's like, you got Kanye. Now they want to make an example out of Kyrie. They say, all right, we go emasculate him in front of the world. So saying mm -hmm. apologizing ain't enough. Denouncing that you hateful, not enough. Right? We have to make sure that you go through some sort of, you know, disrespect and embarrassment that the rest of the players don't want to think about doing that as well. Damn. You understand me? That's all it's about. And black men around the world, we feel that because the own America, you know, that, that dealt with oppression, like the Jewish people got reparations. We still fighting for that. Mm -hmm. You understand me? So anytime we see white men, right, try to embarrass and emasculate a black man on a national stage, we feel that because that's in our blood. You understand me? Like, we still go through that from epigenetic trauma that exists from what we go through where it lasts seven generations from, like, slavery. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say because didn't emasculation start yes. during slavery? buck-breaking was the process. Yes. You buck yes. up against the system, Yes. right? Yes. And, you know, during slavery, yes. they would rape black men. Mm -hmm. You understand me? They would beat them. It's the whole... Um, uh, uh, in front of their idea. women and their children exactly. and like everybody their whole community that they still have to go in front of right. and act like they're something so we can't normalize that and, and and if anything the NBA you know and the Brooklyn Nets needs to apologize to the black community and Kyrie Irving you understand me because of what they're uh, uh, making everybody feel right mm -hmm. now during this time you understand me like y'all love the 1% 
right? Joe Tsai has ties, you know, with China and owning Alibaba where they have all of that slave labor. Mm -hmm. And ain't nobody boycotting mm -hmm. his team. Right. You understand me? So once you start doing that, now you have the world, right? This is where everybody want to be woke now, but it's not a bad thing because you start getting these surges where people feel more comfortable expressing themselves truthfully, right? right? Platforms on social media, you can't speak truth. Otherwise, you get censored, right? right? So you can't, society's norm, narratives are never what people actually think. It's what people are allowed to think and allowed to say openly and out right. loud. So black people always feel a constant oppression, especially black men, because we can never say what we think freely and boldly because we always have to worry about, I'm using a white man's platform. Like this is a reality. Mm, you yeah. understand me? So if we don't have anything that we own and control, we can never feel free, you know? Damn. Mm. So what about Kanye? Kanye in the wrong or in the right? Kanye is a little complex. You know, um, with Kanye West, what we've seen, I think it's important to understand with Kanye West. They said he wasn't a billionaire. But Kanye West made Adidas billions and billions of dollars. He increased the value of Adidas. They lost more money than he ever would. Right? They was getting about $1 or $2 billion every year from them Yeezy sales. He had the best shoe in the world. So if you can come to a company and you can increase their revenue by tens of billions of dollars, then that means you worth billions, mm -hmm. right? But what they get is they get the courtier to laugh at him because they say mm -hmm. he's not worth a billion no more. They're saying he has 400 plus million dollars or 500 million in assets, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about evaluation, it's just about what somebody that got money says something is worth mm -hmm. or it's about future sales that you can produce, so we know that the earning value and potential of Kanye West is worth billions of dollars. So by the same measurement of him having a deal with Adidas that made him a billionaire, that same value exists. He just got to make that deal with himself. Mm -hmm. You understand me? <laughs> yeah. So I don't like the narrative that he's not a billionaire because we know for a fact if that's the case, we don't have billionaires in our culture. Right. If it's based on particularly you doing a deal with the company to where you're giving them more value, but we didn't create those systems of how to value ourselves. Mm -hmm. So they can strip away because they define it, right? And they allowed him to define himself as a billionaire as long as he was in agreement and cooperation. So whether you agree with the way he says things, what he says, it's bigger pictures where Kanye creates examples of like reality, mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of things, when you talk about relationships between you know, record labels and black artists, we hear black artists complain about their contracts all day long. Mm -hmm. You understand me? We hear them getting effed out their contracts from the owners to the lawyers. So he's exposing his relationships, right? And he's detailing that. And so the conversation was never about was is Kanye talking about these relationships? Is that truthful and that is that general across mm -hmm. the spectrum historically? The answer will be yes it is. Instead the conversation is he should not have said that thing about George Floyd. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's agree. Now we agree to that. And then we move forward to the rest of the conversation that was two and a half hours long. Right. So I always say there's truth with integrity. and There's truth without integrity. Truth with integrity is when you say something and you live by that as well. Mm -hmm. Truth without integrity is you still speaking truth, but you don't actually represent that truth. Right. Mm -hmm. And so a Kanye often speaks truth that he doesn't 100 percent always represent. So people attack his life. Well, you got the white woman. Well, you did business with these people. But it doesn't take away from the fact that he was still speaking truth. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right? Exactly.
So, you know, Kanye West can easily make another billion if, you know, he just goes direct to sales with customers because black people still go buy. Asian people, Hispanic people, he still has a huge customer base. So that means that his potential earnings is still a billionaire uh, at a billion plus dollars. But he right? just eliminated so he's still the middleman. That's all he did. Because he, before they dropped him, he dropped them. He said, yeah. I'm done with Adidas. I don't want to do a gap. So it's like, how was the news of him, of Adidas being forced to drop him? They didn't drop him. The ADL called them and said they had to. They said my hands was tied. And they said, well, if you don't, we're going to drop the hammer on you. This is literal quotes from the ADL. So they're not dropping him because they wanted to. Mm -hmm. They're dropping because they was pressured and forced to. And it messed up their whole company's revenue for the next few years. They're trying to sell shoes without the man name. Ain't nobody buying them blank Yeezys. <laughs> you don't want those. Damn that! Like you see, bro, with the fake Yeezys on. Man, you got the post yay Yeezys on. Like them is post yays. Come on, bro, got the post yays trying to stunt. Like no, post yays, post yays. You ain't real. No, so you know, I got a program. We teaching the BWO. We teach people how to leverage their intellectual property, how to think for self, how to do for self. You know, um. It, it, I learned that you know creating courses you just give people information but coaching you can take them through it yeah. you understand me and be like yo do this do that right so you know we do the mental the physical the spiritual and the financial engineering on a weekly basis to take people through those steps of like building themselves up if Kanye West was in my coaching program, I would have shown him, like, look, this is how you do it from a Web3 standpoint, how you go direct to consumer. Utilize the blockchain. You don't need a corporation. We got new tools in society that allows us to be more efficient than we ever were at any other point in time. So it's like, I think the problem is a lot of these people are trying to fight the system using the system, right? But there's mm -hmm. new systems and new tools that allow you to circumnavigate these old ways. And it's like, if we mm -hmm. use those... Then it's no problem. It's no pressure. Right. So oftentimes it's the people that you have around you is why you make decisions in the wrong way because you're like screaming like a child to get attention. But if you got people that have intellectual, you know, prowess and they have the right business sense and they know how to think for our people in an effective manner, now. Kanye West comes, Kyrie Irving comes, different people come, be like, yo, mm -hmm. I heard you talking, but what kind of business can I be doing? Like, I want to circumnavigate these things. And every other community gets to work with their own and seeing that as love. Right. Like, we study and we respect that. Only when black people start working, talk about doing for self and cutting out middlemen, it's a problem. Mm. Mm. 19 Keys. Talk to us about uh, some of this product that we have on this table. Oh, man. Paradigm Keys Solution-Based Mind Reprogramming. That's the book. Yeah, that's one of my books that I came out with because I wanted a simple guide that a person can just flush through real quick and they can have a foundation to learn from. Mm -hmm. You understand me? It's like real actionable things that can help change the way you think and go about seeing and viewing the world. Mm -hmm. So Paradigm Keys is, you know, changing the way you think, changing your habits, changing your world. But solution-based reprogramming is key because we usually know more about the problem than we do the solution. Mm -hmm. Right. Media coverage is always on the problem and never the solution. Mm -hmm. So it's like anytime you think about a problem, anybody can give me a problem. And first thing I'm going to go towards is what's the solution. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, yeah. they want to romanticize the problem. They want to trauma bond. I ain't got that for you. You understand me? Like it, it may seem that I may be unempathetic towards it, but it's not. It's just I'm a move forward type of person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you really want to sit here and talk about everything that went wrong. Mm -hmm. What did you learn from it, and how can we make it better? Facts. So this right. is how they gaslight our people during these times, and it's like, nah. The media go always present the problem. I remember even CNBC covered us, 
even when they presented it, they didn't present it like, yo, these people out here teaching financial literacy on a large scale to tens of thousands of people. The black community is moving forward with these young generation leaders. No, they like black people got zero percent assets. We ain't making no money. It's bad out here in this financial climate of a recession. Everything was covered from a negative, problematic standpoint. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, damn, why you ain't cover like, look at this enlightening thing that's happening, though. Like you right. project more of that. It changes. So I live by that. Whatever you water grows. Mm. You understand me? If you water the problem, you got bigger problems. Mm. If you water solutions, you got bigger ones. You mm. water them facts, you got bigger facts. And you talk to us about these products too. This is the gold. Oh yeah. My favorite right now is the Smart Moss Gold. I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna well, where you get them at? Where you get them from? So we make them. So we manufacture them ourselves. You understand Same, me? Do, if I want to buy oh, them. you go to goldwater.com. Okay. We call it, most people have a misconception that Goldwater is the only product because we named it off of our first product. Mm -hmm. So it is Goldwater Corp, but it's gold, G-O-L-D-E, water.com. But it was based on the have of nootropics. Nootropics are products that stimulate mental activity, right, and mm -hmm. boost brain performance. Most of what we consider to be mental health is brain health, right, right? and gut health. Right. Your gut has a direct correlation with your brain. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you go to the hoods and you look at we're under mineralized, we don't eat no food that has minerals in it or light from the sun. And that's what human beings need when we eat. We process that within our bodies and we regrow ourselves and it allows us to proper function right in the right manner. Right. Instead, man, we eat junk and we eat foods that have no nutrition that has cancer-causing elements within it, that has artificial ingredients within it. And so, as my good sister said from Surviving Vegan, the front is for entertainment, the back is for information. Mm. But we get entertained by the front. Man, this cereal look good, these cookies look good, but on the back, we can't pronounce none of the ingredients, mm. right? So, when you're eating things that you don't even pronounce or can't understand, nor can your body. Yo, Bob, what the hell mm. you just gave me? Extra tall, <laughs> red five, red 40. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to try to do something with it. But I don't, it's like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm going to try to give you something. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get energy. But I don't think I don't think this was the right one. I can, you but... passed up the whole health food aisle to go eat some food. But it's a reason they got a health food section. Yeah. Because everything else is unhealthy. Mm. Right? So... We know that trying to get a people to focus today is hard, man, because our brains is at a deficient level, and we got the attention span of a fish. Like, seven seconds, we reset now. Mm. You understand me? Yeah. Mm. And so when you're trying to get a person to focus on some high level, man, they need that brain activity and function. They need, like, after 25, our brain changes. Thanks. You yeah. understand me? Like, the way we process and keep information ain't the same no more. So we have to stimulate ourselves so that that neuroplasticity to where you can constantly learn and grow is constantly active, right? Otherwise, you get stuck at a certain level. So, you know, that gold water being utilized in Egypt for thousands of years. It was utilized in the UK to help curb certain addictions. It's still utilized in medical tools and science, beauty products. Women put gold right on the skin because they help with the micro tears in the skin for inflammation mm -hmm. and things of that nature. So... You know, I always let people, they just try the gold. Try it over time and, and, and see what the gold does for you by re-enhancing that mineral that's already in our body. Because we're born with 0.02% of gold within our body. Right. You understand me? So if you have the element already within you, shouldn't you increase that flow mm -hmm. so that you can maintain that electrical body? But this one, I ain't going to lie, this one been keeping me going lately because we... That's the organic Addy. Yeah, that's the organic Addy. You know, Adderall is, you know, the, the hey, you can't find it's them no more in the streets right now. Yeah. But you can find that. Listen, so we were doing Smart Moss, and at first, <laughs> no, I've been getting excited about this because I, I didn't have the product out, but I haven't been actively taking it. You understand yeah. me? But I was like, we need to add the gold in there. 
But I just started taking it over the last few weeks, and man, I've been up. You feel me? Like I was, I was teaching the students in the BWO, and I'm tired as hell. I'm on the road, we traveling, and I gotta go teach a class. And like my energy is like, damn, I'm gonna go in there and man, just be depressed. But I took one ahead of time, and it just woke me up. I'm there teaching for like three hours straight, mm. right? But when you study lions, man, it's a particular mushroom compound, and mm. we have something on our neurons or uh, um, called uh, myelination. Right, myelination is that process really that allows electricity to flow from one end to the other. Yeah. So like when your brain is stuck and you're trying to remember something, it's literally like the electrician between different synapses in your brain's not being able to connect. So that information ain't going to connect the dots. So as you get older, that gets Please. worse. Yeah. I need ten bottles. Of <laughs> <laughs> so that go go make you feel like it's just it's a different kind of you know we all got like ore tours ore feel so like it enhances your energy. And, you know, um, that lion's man going to enhance that focus. Mm. You understand me? And sea moss is a base within that as well. So that's going to mineralize your body. Right. right. So we call them moss, but really it's the lion's man and the gold that's the secret to this product. Mm. And this is my new favorite, man. That's Smart Moss Gold. And that website is? Goldwater.com. G-O-L-D-E water.com. There it is. Where they at, right now? Man, you can keep that bottle, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm about to order some. That's all you. No, I was supposed to be interviewing you, though, bro, but it's like I can't come up with no, can't ask no questions. Nah. I'm learning. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that, man. And I feel the energy. I appreciate yes, you pushing up on our yeah. day. Yes, sir. Yeah. Man, I like Big Facts Podcast. You I'm watching, come I told back. y'all, y'all the Street's favorite podcast, man. <laughs> appreciate it. You got it. hip-hop favorites. You got the Street's favorite. It's different categories, but I feel like, you know, sure. I've seen some of the guests y'all had up here in the dialogue. Right, and y'all have had some real conversations. Yeah, where, sure. where it feels like that's what we pride ourselves yeah. on. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like the same fearlessness we have in the streets. We apply that to the conversations we have in here when we communicate on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's what I respect the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. We appreciate, appreciate you pulling up. Salute to Nineteen yeah. Keys on Big Facts. Check us out www.bigfactspod.com. Salute for the streets. Exactly, it's Big Facts. No cap, bitch. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But But nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.